Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, steep development and trouble, Bayonetta on Switch, a Splatoon 2 Direct incoming, and the rest of your Nintendo news for the week of July 4th, 2017. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? Patrick, it's going great. How are you? I'm doing well. We are on the precipice of a holiday. That's right. It is the 4th of July. It was basically a holiday today, for all Mm -hmm. intents and purposes. Traffic was a dream. Uh, a, a similar dream, the weather. Oh, man, it's beautiful. It's warm, but not too warm. It's not humid. No, it's a little breezy. It's a little bit America the Beautiful. I'm looking outside through your beautiful window. Thank you. And the sky is blue, a little bit of pink as the sun sets. Great day to be alive. It is a great... I will echo that 100%. <laughs> it is a great day to be alive. Um, do we need to talk about weather in other places? We do. Okay. We do need to talk about weather in other places because we solicited mm-hmm. requests for look we had been very la centric that's right but this is a podcast for the people uh and yes. not all the people live in la you and i do we do we do and the podcast lives in la yes but as we serve the people right so we solicited weather from elsewhere in case you needed a weather report from us and we are continuing to solicit that so if you uh, want to send some weather to us... If you want to send a city... There we go. And it doesn't even have to be a city you live in. If you are just curious about the city's weather, send that city to us. We will provide you the weather for that city okay, in some, general broad terms. Some, some, some things that we need to get clear, though. Uh-huh. These need to be cities on the planet Earth. Yes. In this timeline. Uh-huh. In this dimension. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all those things are true. Anyways, this week's weather request comes from Anthony, fr- friend of the show, mm-hmm. co-host of Nintendo Love Fest, mm-hmm. another wonderful Nintendo podcast, uh, requesting the weather for Wien- Wensbury? Wensbury in Britain. Which uh, so, and it, it seems like they're also having uh, kind of a, a pleasant summer, yes? Yeah, or it's like, uh, you know, low to upper 70s Fahrenheit, a little bit of rain here and there. Seems totally pleasant. It seems really nice. Look, it's a great Day time to, to be, be alive. alive. That's right. Uh, Mark, let's move on to what we're playing this week. Let's talk about the things we're playing. Mark, what have you been playing? Well, Breath of the Wild DLC oh, came yes. out on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I've been sinking most of my time into that, which we won't talk about a bunch here because we're going to be talking about it on Thursday. That's right. Um, I have similarly been playing a ton of it and just want to talk to you about it. Have been keeping my mouth shut, um, but I've been playing a lot of that. I have also, I picked up Mighty Gunvolt Burst on the Switch. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is uh, as much a Mighty Number no. 9 game as it is a Gunvolt game. At the beginning, you pick which of these two characters you're going to play as, and it defaults to Beck, which is the Mighty Number no. 9. 
Um, or you could play as Gunvolt. And the whole thing, the whole thing is a Mega Man game. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. You, like, it defaults to Mighty Number no. 9, which is just defaulting to Mega Man. And I'm assuming the other game is basically Mega Man-esque as well. Here's the thing, is that it's it's the same game, just with different characters. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and the whole game is incredibly Mega Man-y. Like, um, or Mega Man-esque. Not Mega Man X. <laughs> um, it's got gorgeous, like, 8-bit pixel graphics um, with amazing lighting effects like the 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 way this game looks visually is like so stunning and so striking and has like an an amazing mix of old school and like new tech that just makes it look amazing and it plays great so you're enjoying it i'm loving this. oh okay i couldn't tell no i <laughs> love all this of game this, i couldn't tell if it was good or bad <laughs> this game is great um it's it's got a a cool mechanic where um, you collect these uh, customization points, and then you can change like base attributes about either your weapons or your health or just like the physics of your gun. So like the whole thing takes place in a VR simulation that the characters are experiencing. So if you want to be like, uh, my bullets curve up for no reason, you can spend some customization points and change it. So like everything. Everything about the way you interact with the game can be customized just sort of like on the fly uh, and as you're like messing with the simulation. It's super fun. I guess I, f- because like the stench of Mighty Number no. 9 yes. is so permeating mm-hmm. that I assume that anything associated with it is sub- suspect. Here's the thing is that it's, it's an Inti Creates game and they make good games and also Mighty Number no. 9. <laughs> so like, I don't know. The the pedigree of the developer is shining through over the pedigree of the IP in this case. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's been a, a fun surprise for me. Have you been playing anything else besides Zelda? No, it's been a Zelda-heavy week. All Zelda, all the time. Um, I've been throwing a couple punches in arms, too, but I don't have anything new to report on that front. Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into what we might be playing next week. That means it's time for new releases. It's a weird list this week. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know what of this is super that we that we actually need to talk about. Well, let's just hit the highlights. There you go. Okay, so on the 3DS eShop, Kirby's Blowout Blast yeah. is coming out. Uh, watched a little gameplay video of it. It oh, this is on July 6th, so Thursday. That's right. Um it looks I don't know. It it looks interesting, cute of course, because it's like a Kirby game. Right. It seems like the main mechanic. Have you seen any video of it? I here's the thing, they announced so many Kirby games, yeah, and I can't right. remember which one is which. Okay. Which one is this? So, it looks like each level is basically your goal is, um, you inhale creatures obviously, but yeah, instead good. of swallowing them to get their uh, abilities. You shoot them out, and you're trying to, like, rack up combos by hitting as many enemies as possible. Okay. And if you have, if you've, like, inhaled two enemies, then you get double the points 
for as many as you hit. Okay. And it kind of looks like, at least in some of the stages, that your goal is just to, like, clear out the enemies. Hmm. And then it's kind of like a high score run type thing. Yeah. Um, is this the uh, the one that's 3D or 2D? It's 3D. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's kind of cool. I like uh, I like a good like score attack time attack kind of kind of game. Another thing that I'm enjoying about uh, Mighty Gunvolt Burst is that it it keeps track of like your combos in it, and it's all very like score and time based. I think it's interesting that because it's coming out on the eShop, I'm I think it's a smaller release. Yeah. I don't actually know what the price point on it is, but it's something that I would be interested in picking up because um, I really like Kirby games. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, I feel like it's a lot of times like diminishing returns. But yeah. I don't know that I need a full Kirby game all the time. Yeah. I mean, we both passed on um, the Robo. Planet Robobot. Yeah. yeah. It looked like a perfectly, perfectly serviceable Kirby game. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I just don't always need $40 worth of Kirby. That's a lot of Kirby. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so Demombo seems to be coming out on Switch this week. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, that's because we said it was coming out last week, and in Japan, came out, it did. Very good. That was good parallel sentence structure. <laughs> uh, but it seems like, especially for indies, release dates are really loose obviously fluid more than once it has happened right. where a game just hasn't come out when it was announced and then it came out a couple weeks later or like never. goner or right. like pocket rumble right or like constructor do you remember that when we like briefly talked about that game i'm still mad about pocket rumble so um demombo seems like it's coming out this week um there's a bunch of and on the switch eShop, there's a bunch of uh, indie games coming out this week on the Switch eShop. Implosion, mm-hmm. I and Me, the Neo Geo game is Metal Slug 2. Which is a good one. A game that, uh, let's see, it's either, I think it's called, it's a play on Sheep. So it's like Shep V? Sheep, Shep, Sheep V? Sheep Sheep, Sheep it's, it's like a card, it's a one player like card game, almost like Solitaire from my understanding, where you're trying to count up to a thousand sheep. Oh, geez. And then a game called Vaccine, which is like supposed to be like old school survival horror. Hmm, It's not about giving babies autism? It's not about giving babies autism. (laughs) All right, good. Because because that's not what happens. Absolutely, 100% not what happens. Nintendo Cartridge Society is (laughs) pro-vaccination. Do it. Vaccinate your kids. Uh I think maybe the exciting release for the week, right, is the is not actually Nintendo. It's Nintendo adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Castlevania Netflix, Netflix series comes out on Friday. That's right, July seventh. Um, and as we know, that is written by the great Warren Ellis, which is the only reason I'm interested in this show at all. I, I mean, also the Castlevania name carries some. It carries some weight, right? Sure, but I mean, if somebody was like, "Hey, there's a Castlevania anime out." I wouldn't necessarily, yeah, I'd just be like, okay, that's cool. I'm just saying it's a combination of factors that has you saying, like, maybe we should check this out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fears about it? Do you have any fears? Like, our hopes, I think, are obvious, right? Like, Castlevania is a, like, monster mashup vampire hunting series that we like. 
and Warren Ellis is a smart writer who can do a lot with schlocky stuff. Um, do we have other hopes, other fears? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if it's bad, I it. who cares? We walk away. We walk away. You know, like... <laughs> and we, we never speak of it again. We don't have any stakes in it. Boo! <laughs> but I... Uh, since we will definitely be watching it, I guess my fear is that it's just not fun. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. so self-serious. Yeah, and the series always kind of walks that line, right? Right. Of, like, being too self-serious. Well, and the bad entries tread on the side of, like, being, too, like, taking themselves too seriously. Well, they trample it. <laughs> <laughs> Bowl it over. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm thinking of, uh, Lords of, Sh- Lord of Shadows, Lords of Shadow, the, uh, uh, like reboot was that like, the like God of War esque reboot? Yeah, the, like the PlayStation Mercury 3 ones? Yeah. Steam. Yeah, I mean, there's especially there's... the sequel was especially like they're just like really like ponderous and like heavy, and like does anybody remember what where these games came from? I mean, that, just as knockoffs of like vampire movies, like that's that's all we want. That's all we wanted was the like ridiculousness of the shared monster universal monster movie universe, um, in a video game. That's what we got, and then, I don't know, someone thought it should be more than that. <laughs> and I'm happy for it to be more than that. I just want it to not be uh, too, like, full of itself. Look, it could be anything if it's good. <laughs> right? right? No, that's true. <laughs> that's a great point. If it's super full it's of really itself. a really great point. And, like, super pompous and, like, contemplative and whatever, as long as it's good, I'm there. We're definitely watching it. Well, yeah, well, that is... That's definitely true. Mark, uh, any other new releases you want to touch on, or can we move out of this and over to the news? Sounds good. But first, it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, let's talk about birds. Yeah, I feel like this is a spiritual follow-up to our discussion on bugs. Okay, so what's the connection there? They both fly. Is it birds and bees? Is that what you're seeing? (laughs) (laughs) Are bees insects? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, 100%. Um, You brought this one up. Yeah, I I think they're both gross. Oh, okay. Is what it comes down to. So birds, there are a lot of birds. Mm -hmm. A lot of different kinds of birds. Some fly, some don't. Yeah. Um, do you have a least favorite bird? What, what, what is it that's got you thinking about birds and how much you dislike them? Uh, personally, I don't understand birds as pets. Yeah. Okay. They're noisy. You can't pet them. Yeah. I, I think that there's a greater problem with pets overall. Okay. Cause there are some people that'll be like, this is my pet. Tarantula, snake, scorpion, fish. These are all equally bad pets. Do you do you think that it is rats? Rats are at least smart. Eh, I I I really don't care. <laughs> it's it's got to be a cat or a dog. Well, in your maybe a potbelly pig. In, in your opinion, do pets have to be capable of returning affection? Mm, yes. Like, is that what qualifies it as a pet? I mean, because like fish aren't able, like tarantulas aren't able 
to show affection because they don't feel it. Right. And if they did, it would be horrifying. <laughs> no, I, I feel like a, a fish or um, a snake or any anything like that is basically the equivalent of a plant or a decoration, right? Like it's it's living, yes, but it's just like, it's just there. Um, and this is a totally mammal-centric view of the world. I acknowledge. <laughs> but like, I just, it, it doesn't seem... It, I, I got I got no time for it. I see no value in it in my home. I mean, do you think anybody really loves loves their turtle? Ab- absolutely. You- Someone loves their turtle, for sure. If you love your turtle, you can write into Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, did you ever know anyone who had a bird as a pet? Yes, and I respect them, even, <laughs> though, even though I don't respect their choice of pet. And I think that's a fine distinction. Yes. Well, absolutely. I mean, you live your own life. Uh, I just dismissed uh, most of the animal kingdom <laughs> by saying that I only want mammals as pets. Um, there was a point in my life where my dad was feeding bird, like putting so much bird feed yeah. in the backyard that it was attracting un- like scary amount of birds and also raccoons and other wildlife because mm-hmm. so it was just like free food right that was lying around um you didn't like that <laughs> not 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 so much um does your dad like birds i don't think especially so what's he doing i don't know what is this i don't know um my mother very strongly dislikes birds and we've never been able to get to the bottom of it just one of those things she just doesn't like them refuses to talk about it further because <laughs> it's like refuses and like she won't talk about it like she won't like she refuses to discuss it or yeah she's just never been forthcoming no like we have asked like hey why don't you like birds and she's just like i just think they're gross uh now let's say something positive about birds what's your favorite bird i like penguins Penguins are fun. The penguins are fun birds. Um, I like the bird that teaches you how to use the uh, like hyper jump in Super Metroid. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's not a real bird, but okay. Well, okay. I also like Big Bird. Okay. Well, also not a weird so real bird. Don't put limits on my joy. <laughs> What's your favorite bird? Um, hmm. Ooh, I've got a runner up. Okay, great, great. A hummingbird. I like hummingbirds. Oh, those are fun. I think they're cool. Yeah. They almost cross the line between like bug and bird. Yeah. Right? For a second, I had to really think about it and be like, is a hummingbird really a bird? But I mm. guess they are. <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's your favorite bird? Come on. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, Come I, on, smart guy. <laughs> I guess, uh, I don't I like uh, parakeets can be fun, right? Because it talks? Yeah. Um, I had a friend who had, a, it was actually a, a boss of mine when uh, I was working for a construction company in high school. Um, he had a, maybe not a parakeet, but a bird that would talk, but the bird basically only swore. It would just swear at him and then like whistle. There were a lot of artists, even at that oh, time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. That's sense. the end of this video. <laughs> uh, if you have any thoughts on birds, you can... Send them on over to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Mark, let's move into the news. It's officially July. Woo! Yeah, so we know you know what that means. It's Splatoon 2 month. Splatoon! Finally. 
Uh, Nintendo is, of course, revving up its promo machine and has announced that a, a new Splatoon 2 Direct for this Thursday, July 6th at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It promises information about some of the new features, weapons, and styles in the game. And, of course, we'll be talking about it next week. Yes. For sure. And you- I am so excited yeah? for Splatoon 2. Yeah, I'm excited about Splatoon 2 as well. I'm I, real bummed that the like the special edition Joy-Con controllers mm-hmm. aren't coming out here, the neo, like the green and pink ones. Uh but you had mentioned that you were going to get a pro controller for Splatoon 2. That's right. Is that still the plan? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's I uh think that it'll just be nice to have in general. Absolutely. And it'll be good to play Splatoon 2 with it. I'm hoping to get the special edition one that is coming here and that has the uh pink and green grips like grip things yeah. yeah but i imagine those will be really hard to get yeah as all nintendo things invariably are hard to get um do we have any other like hopes for this thing i mean i feel like we kind of know what splatoon 2 is going to be um uh, it's kind of past the point of like new amiibo. We know there are a handful coming. I guess three. Um, any any other like big announcements that we think or suspect or that are rumored or anything like that? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I guess kind of the nice thing for me going into Splatoon two is I am expecting to enjoy it. But other than that, I don't really have super high expectations for it. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm really looking for is to scratch that kind of competitive multiplayer arena shooter yeah that because it's been a few years since i've picked up a call of duty Mm -hmm. and uh i don't play destiny as much anymore and obviously these they're not like uh 100 percent comparable right (laughs) they're not like the same games right not at all but it's something that i'm like really looking forward to getting into so even if it is just the what we saw in the test fire over and over like that's enough for me right um well and this is a version of that kind of game that i like to play um so we could play this together this is actually one thing that i'm I'm hoping they talk about explicitly is how like matchmaking and sort of like the meta game works um from you know there are just so many like little fixes and little inconveniences in the original splatoon that i just i want to see how they're addressing it for the sequel and if it's just a better, you know, online multiplayer experience. Well, one thing they keep threatening is that the multi that the online the app for Switch online play mm-hmm. is going to be released kind of in like a beta this summer. And we haven't heard anything about it outside of that, and I think Splatoon 2 is a logical time for that to launch. Yeah. So I wonder if the direct will touch on that a little bit as well. Right, and or possibly release simultaneously with the Direct, right? Like, that's something that could happen. Be like, and this app is available now and functions with, you know, Mario Kart and uh, ARMS or whatever. That's totally possible. Well, that, and I, uh, that's what I wonder is if the... And they haven't said anything about it, so we don't really know. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if this app is going to work with anything online. So if it will work with ARMS and it will work with mario kart 8 deluxe or when it first comes out is it just going to be for splatoon 2 man that would be weird and limited and why wouldn't it work with these other things i don't know i mean nintendo is the (laughs) answer (laughs) 
like maybe that'll be their like you know we're um, again like bait this is like a beta yeah so we're just limiting it to this until we expand it later in 2018 i mean i really don't know um the one, one thing that was present in the original splatoon that i'm curious uh if it'll come back is you had the option to unlock uh like fake arcade games in the like squidling universe that you could play while matches were loading and they were like half of them were fun there were four of them total um and two of them were really good and one was totally disposable and another one i just couldn't really like wrap my head around um but I'm curious if there are more of those, if they maybe like up the generation so that it's more like NES home con. Like I just, I just want to know. I want to know all of like the the dressing around. Well, I'll be, I will be surprised if they re- reveal too much of that stuff. Sure. Because Nintendo really likes to play things close to the vest, and mm-hmm. then once you get your hands on it, is when you finally, when you get to like see stuff like that. Right. So I don't know that they'll. I mean, it'd be cool if we find out more about it, but I don't know that we'll actually learn more about it until release yeah so nintendo held its annual shareholder meeting last week and during this meeting a variety of like information about the company came out most of it uh more like boring and corporate than we usually talk about because we're cool we're not corporate right but let's go bullet point by bullet point this whole meeting (laughs) from the beginning uh one of the things that came out is the shareholder approval rating for the five uh, directors on the company's board of directors. And the one that's interesting, most interesting to me is like uh, Kimishima's, mm-hmm. who is the CEO that's right. of Nintendo. Uh, his approval rating went up almost or a little over 10% from where it was last year to uh, 97.7%. Which just means that the Nintendo shareholders are happy with the way he's steering the ship. Um, I think it's a good time to be like invested in Nintendo, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, did we talk about this last week that its market share is higher than Sony at the moment? Ooh, we did not talk about that last week. Oh yeah, it is. Which again, like all that means is that investors are excited. Are excited, right? Um, and, you know, it's uh, new hardware upon new hardware upon new hardware um, and all this amazing software as well. So, like, it's just Nintendo firing on all cylinders, including uh, the mobile strategy, which is um, actually doing well. The other uh, thing from the shareholders meeting was that we all learned once again that terrible shareholder questions at sh- uh, com- at big companies shareholder meetings is a universal thing yes i like so i love that from these like shareholder meetings there's always like the video game people always try to like report on it and and that that's when we realize that like people who invest in nintendo don't know anything about video games right but also they don't know yes they don't know or care but also they don't know or care about like anything they're just like they're asking questions there's like two sides to it they're like and this is true of like any company that engenders some amount of like fan mm-hmm. like nobody's like a monsanto fan right nobody like dresses sure. up like you no, know, no like, one cosplays as like corn yeah yeah like genetically modified corn right um, and not the band corn <laughs> i'm sure someone cosplays as the band corn see not k <laughs> um that was disturbed <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Any true to corn fans knew that. 
Uh, but so like any company that engenders like some sort of fandom, there's always two sides to it. This happens with Apple. This happens especially with companies like Disney mm-hmm. and Nintendo, where there are the people who have invested in it because they are fans of the company, and usually their investment is smaller. Right. Um. And so they're they're the ones that always ask the questions like, "Can I get free?" tickets to super mario to super nintendo world when it opens at universal studios why are your churros so hot right this one time an employee was mean to me at disneyland how come you know i'm not emperor of the world and then there's the other people who and so those people don't understand the business side of the company and then there's the like corporate investors who they're investing it as an actual like monetary investment for the future and they don't understand like the fun part of the company. Right. So what kind of investor? I guess there's there's no good answer here, right? Cuz like we need both types um and we should just not be getting our like news or exciting tidbits from investor right. meetings. Right. Yeah, exactly. But uh Kimishima's approval rating <laughs> is 97.7. A Dutch PR company has confirmed they are handling PR for the western release of Dragon Quest 11. So previously, we've all been operating under the assumption that Dragon Quest XI will probably make its way west. And honestly, even with that bit of news, we're still just operating under the assumption because nothing's been uh, officially announced. Right. It would be weird for them to hire a PR company to not release the game. Right. Well, so the um, news came from Gamer.nl, which is a Dutch site. And as far as I can tell, they don't mention the name of the PR company. But that might be because the PR company isn't supposed to say anything about it. And so, sure. you know, they're just getting it from, like, anonymous sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no reason to think that Gamer.nl is lying. And I have no reason to think that Dragon Quest Eleven won't be coming over in some form. We don't know if that means that it'll just be the PlayStation 4 version, if it'll be the 3DS version, if it'll be both, or if, like, the Switch version some will be in there Some combination thereof, right. We don't know when it'll be coming over. I'm sure no sooner than... 2018. This story doesn't get less weird with time, does it? <laughs> Dragon Quest XI? Yeah. So, I, well, what was new to me, I was learning this week, is that it, it originally started purely as a PS4 project. Hmm. Uh, because the creator wanted to make, like, a big-budget, high-definition yeah. Dragon Quest game, and that the 3DS version came later, and I'm assuming it came later because they looked at the sales of the PS4 in Japan, and they looked at the sales for the 3DS in Japan, and they were like, huh. Right, but like, I mean, worldwide, and I understand Dragon Quest is a a, a Japanese franchise, um, and it always has a bigger fan base in Japan than anywhere else. I'm answering my own question here. (laughs) (laughs) But worldwide, there are just about the comparable number of PS4s to uh, 3DSs, right? Like, those are the two biggest platforms that are being developed for at the moment. but yeah, I answered my own question was <laughs> Japan. It's it's Japan. The answer is Japan. Um so in in the past when a Dragon Quest game has come out over here, it's because Nintendo had paid right. for the localization or and for like the marketing and everything. When it comes out on a Nintendo platform. Yes, anyway. that's right. So who knows what would what will happen here. I'm a huge Dragon Quest fan. I own a PS4. I'm excited for whatever version it comes out mm-hmm. here, but um, it'll inter- be interesting to learn more whenever they decide to tell us. Quick question. Did you play Final Fantasy 15 at all? No. Yeah, me neither. 
Do you, do you consider yourself a, a, a big Final Fantasy fan? No. Did you at one point? Uh, I'm, just, I'm trying to like figure out where on the Final Fantasy V Dragon uh, Quest scales you, you fall. So I think when I was younger, I was a final, definitely more of a Final Fantasy fan. Mm-hmm. And that's because uh, I didn't have access to Dragon Quest at that point. Sure. And didn't really... Um, I mean, they also kind of went through a period where, like, they couldn't fail. Um, in, with Final Fantasy. With Final Fantasy. Definitely. In, in, in the States, like, uh, 2, 3, 7 are great games. Yeah, 9 is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and Dragon Quest 9 was my first, the one on DS was my first Dragon Quest game. And it right. wasn't until afterwards that I went back and played some of the other ones that were available. So I would, I think now I have more love in my heart for dragon quest and that's just because the series for better or worse uh has stayed largely the same and i really like what it does whereas final fantasy chooses to reinvent itself every time and so it's more hit and miss right and like the well final fantasy reinvents itself every time it like there's kind of a clear line like you can track what it has become and it just with every new iteration since 10 it becomes less and less like the thing i liked in the fir- first place yeah absolutely should i we'll talk about this when uh, 11 eventually does get announced but i'm just going to plant the question in your head is this something that i should be paying attention to yeah absolutely All right. i mean i think you should i think you should get dragon quest 8 for 3DS. No. I think you should play that. Answer me this. Have you gotten to a fight yet in, in Dragon Quest 7? Seven. No, of course not. Okay. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to pick it up. Because the, the downside to all this is new stuff is being released all the time, and it's hard to go back to old games. Of course. Because I keep being mm-hmm. like, oh, when there's a lull in new releases, right. I'll no play such Dragon thing Quest anymore. 7. Yeah. doesn't exist. Platinum Games is maybe teasing something regarding Bayonetta and Switch. On their recently opened Japanese Twitter account, the company posted a new drawing by series producer and director of Bayonetta 2, Yusuke Hashimoto, of uh, the character with a red background and one with a blue background. This led some fans to speculate it was a reference to the blue and red Joy-Con controllers of the Switch, and Platinum liked to tweet about the connection and some other messages about Bayonetta on Switch. Of course, this could all mean nothing. Right, but... We know Platinum is working on something. We know Platinum's working on something uh, and something for the Switch, and that could very well be Bayonetta. They obviously have uh, a relationship with Nintendo and that Bayonetta 2 was a Wii U exclusive. Is I still? think it's still a Wii U exclusive. Is it on? I don't think it's on PC. I think just the first one is on PC, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're both on Steam now. No, I think you're right. I think that 2 is still a Wii U exclusive. That's a game that we should play, right? On the Wii yeah, U, and then, and then talk about um, e- even if it ends up not being one of those uh, games orphaned on that system and brought over to the Switch, it still seems like uh, one of those pieces of software that we should know more about. Well, and I think that even if they aren't making a Bayonetta three, I think a Bayonetta one and two, like a Bayonetta one remaster, right, and re-release on the Switch would sell would do very well. Yeah, because Bayonetta sure. two again was on the Wii U, which is a system that not very many people own, mm-hmm. and so it would um, be a way to recoup some of those like development costs. Yeah, for sure. Well, and like Bayonetta is just it's such a 
it's like so close to like really popping as like a flagship IP for Platinum that like they just need to like pump out one more game that like people are really playing and re- and then it'll be a God of War and then you know then it's then it's like real and it's here forever and Bayonetta is never going away. The thing I think is weird is we I feel like we went from this place as gamers in the beginning of this generation the uh where PS3 to PS4 remasters and like Xbox 360 to Xbox One remasters were kind of looked on as cheap cash grabs. Right, it was a dirty word. And now they're like some of the best-selling games. Yeah, I uh, for sure. Well, and it yeah, I don't know. We're in such a weird climate right now just with um remakes and remasters. The the first three Crash Bandicoot games just came out again. Crash Bandicoot, Mark. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> Um, but they're, they're games that people are like actually playing and excited about. Um, so yeah, Bayonetta can definitely join that, that lineup. Uh, Nicholas is working on an update to Cave Story Plus on Switch that will allow players to change the graphics to the original visuals rather than the high-res sprites that are in the game currently. That's nice. Yeah, it, it is nice. It's something that's been available on other versions of the game and having that option. So on the, uh, version currently there's like four or five different music versions that you can cycle through Uh the one thing that i wish and one thing that i think would be nice if they're able to do with this update to the graphics is if you're able to switch on the fly versus because right now you have to back all the way out to the main menu sure to switch uh the soundtrack type and it'd be cool to just be able to do it like from the from a pause menu from a pause menu same with like the graphics be able to like toggle back and forth yeah, uh, that is also it's the uh, same case with um, Ultra Street Fighter that you can change soundtrack and graphic style, but you have to like back out of the game and then go back into it. There's also an update coming that will allow for co-op play in the game for the first time later this summer. Uh, does that seem like an intuitive? Does co-op seem like it makes could make sense? Uh, like split screen or two separate screens or no? I think you could do it. Um, almost like New Super Mario Brothers style, mm-hmm. where uh you're on the like you have to be on the same screen at the same time, and then you kind of like bubble in if you sure. get too far off or something like that. Man, that bubble solves some problems. You know, I was tweeting about this earlier this week, and I know that we all kind of got burned out on New Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. as a series, but I really would love a new like side scrolling 2D Mario game on Switch. Here's so I agree with you. Side scrolling 2D Mario, yes, I've got a, a hankering for it. Well and like co-op or like having oh, yeah. multiplayer because mm-hmm. that's perfect for the Switch. Um I totally agree. I would like it to move away from the new art style. From the new Super Mario Brothers art style. I've I have never really loved the aesthetic, although I, I think it worked well on the DS. Mm-hmm. And the music has always kind of been a bummer to me. I don't feel like it's as it's not quite as iconic. And, yeah, yeah. Um, also worked well on the phone. I feel like uh, Super Mario Run um, that aesthetic worked well for it. So who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll, we'll see new Super Mario again for sure. Uh, so there was some speculation this week that part of the reason there haven't been any pre-orders for the Super NES Classic in North America is that the machine hadn't received. FCC certification. Hmm. Um, 
But the NES, so the Super NES Classic doesn't require FCC certification. Okay. Because, the, <laughs> so. What does this mean, Mark? Okay, so basically there were some, like, people were like, oh, that's why it hasn't ha- been happening. As soon as it's certified by the FCC for, in America, then they'll put it up for pre-order. And what I'm saying is that it that is not it. true. Right, okay. Because uh, that, that is not what's delaying pre-orders, if anything's delaying pre-orders. Because the Super NES Mini, just like the NES Classic, does not require FCC certification. Hmm. Only things that em- emit radio waves. So if it had a Wi-Fi receiver, if it had Bluetooth, then it would require FCC certification. But it doesn't have any of those things. It's just an electronic device. Unless it does, <laughs> and we just don't know about it yet. Great point. That's a really strong point. So, confirmed here. <laughs> um, so, Nintendo of America has only said that they have nothing to announce regarding pre-orders at this time. That could mean that they are never doing pre-orders, which feels most likely to me. Mm-hmm. Or that pre-orders could happen at, like, any moment, like at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday, a store could open up for pre-orders. Also, they could say on a Monday, Tuesday, will pre-orders will be available. I mean, it's and anything is possible. And mostly, I'm just planning to uh, take the morning off and yep. stand in line. Uh, what's the date of that? September, September 29th, I believe. There we go. Uh, rumors from IGN France this week that one of the first games announced for Switch, Steep from Ubisoft, has run into development trouble. No. They report that Ubisoft is having problems getting this game running on Switch, and that Nintendo has apparently lent its assistance. The game's online features are specifically called out as being problematic. Um, one of the one of IGN's sources said that they couldn't even promise that the game would eventually be, re- be released. Ubisoft, for their part, says the game is still coming to Switch, but has no other details to provide. So online functionality struggling struggling to operate on the Switch. That's something that we've been hearing a little bit of, right? Just on on other games. Um, it's a bummer, but I, I it seems like this it was the same kind of stumbling block we're going to encounter through the thing's life cycle, right? Yeah, and I do wonder how much of this is... I mean, it doesn't even seem like Nintendo has their online entirely in order. You know what I mean? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, yes, uh, Mario Kart works, and yes, ARMS works and all that stuff, but it seems like ad hoc solutions versus, again, like they haven't even launched their app, you know, and they're not planning on doing so until 2018. So... Maybe that is, again, I am not a programmer. I know basically nothing about this. So that mm-hmm. might be a totally different thing than what's going on with the, the games. I mean, but at, it seems at, like there is a pattern. Yeah. At the very least, it seems like they, it's uh, just not a priority for Nintendo to have that lined up um, over the software or just the, having, having the hardware out. And not to be glib, but it's not that steep is would be terribly missed if it doesn't come to the switch sure i think it's more what the problems that they're having are emblematic of absolutely that is like the real story right uh the full s switch sdk which is the software development kit leaked mm. online this past week um it include including the documentation is news that nintendo is developing a save da- data transfer feature this is one of the console features everybody's been asking for since 
day one. So it's nice to see Nintendo is working on some sort of solution. Uh, so save data transfer just from one console to the next? I believe so, because currently you cannot do that. Uh, I mean, that sort of makes sense. I, I know that that was baked into the uh, Wii U because it was designed to play so many Wii games and that uh, you know it, it would transfer all of your data over, including save data and um, games and stuff. Um, and it was really cute there, like little Pikmin that like walked your data from one machine over to the next. Uh, but it's nice that they're uh, addressing this on the Switch. I, I think everybody's hope, and who knows if this will actually be a thing, is for cloud saves. Mm, yes. Because even if, because then you could buy, you know, two Switches and right, be able and to play like, between them. Play between them versus even with like a, if it's like the 3DS's version, or I'm guessing like the Wii's version, it's like a permanent transfer. You're not saving. Right. It's too cumbersome to keep going like back and forth. Uh, so some, and it, that's something that like P- that other platforms have supported for quite some time now. Right. Well, and uh, using um, like cross save as well for like a uh, PS Vita and PlayStation Four. Any game that's like cross play would also have cross save feature. And you're supposed you... to be able to do something like that with Monster Hunter Double Cross from that's the a, 3DS that's to a the great Switch, point. but mm-hmm. I don't know what that entails. Exactly. It also sounds like that's a little bit baked into um, Minecraft going forward, right? Even on the Switch, if you're, it's going to be doing cross-platform play. And I guess that is partially because if you... And did we talk about this when we were talking about um, Minecraft and the uh, cross, cross-play for like all platforms except the Sony platforms? Um, that you need to sign in with an Xbox Live account to play it on any of those. Um, so if you want to play Switch... Uh, in like this cross-play format you have to log into yeah xbox live because i i think we might be talking about two different things because i think cross-play is just saying that i on my switch could go online and play with you in the game even though you're playing on an xbox one right we'd be able to play in the same sandbox where this this that's not saying that i could take my switch save save data and move it to the Xbox One. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, so it is a little, but it's, it's the the spirit is the same, right? Of like, um, play it any way you can, save it anywhere you can, and use that data anywhere. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, the document also states Nintendo is looking at the possibility of adding a guest account option to the system. It's weird that there isn't one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both both of those to me are like one of those things that's like interesting, but has not been resolved yet. Right. And, you know, meanwhile, you could still not change your uh, PlayStation Network username. So <laughs> that that's something that's been like that for like 13 years. So. <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, okay. This is near and dear to my heart, but the mm-hmm. latest Jake Hunter title, Jake Hunter Detective Story Ghost of the Dusk is co- for the 3DS is, is going to be coming West in 2018 thanks to Axis. Uh, this was a game that was announced when Arc System Works purchased the IP last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And I never... Th- it, these are just visual novels. I never thought it was going to get localized and get a Western release. But it is. And it makes me so happy. I can't... I've only played one of these games because there only one was localized previously for the DS. And I can't wait to play another one. So are, are there then missing chapters that you don't have in the, the Jake Hunter saga? There's a ton. These games have been coming out since I think... The the Famicom, 
Oh, geez. So, yeah, like this is a very old series that has had many entries. I'm sure some good and some bad. Of course. Uh, some of them were remade for in the DS title, but uh, I, I don't think they're like continuing chapters. It's more like a Law and Order type thing where, you know, mm-hmm. there's uh, it, a new mystery every time that you don't necessarily have to be caught up on 30 years of history to enjoy. <laughs> That's good. Uh, also, it's Summer Games Done Quick this week, Yay! which I always look forward to. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar, Summer Games Done Quick uh, and Awesome Games Done Quick are charity events that are done uh, once a year, each one in summer and one like in winter, where speedrunners from all around the world come to one location and for a week straight, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're speedrunning the games that they've practiced all for charity so people are offering donations mm-hmm. um it's really cool it's a really fun time and it's up on uh twitch and then you can also check it out on youtube what i find super great about these is that it's it's never like a dude speedrunning a game it's always a team um and so they've developed you know various techniques and like little shortcuts and well one person is you know driving the game actually playing it there's always one guy on point who doesn't have a controller in his hand who's explaining everything that's happening and explaining like why it's novel, why it's new, why it's cool. So like it seems like something that should be super dense and unapproachable, but like they're very good at uh, making sure you understand what's cool and what's impressive about what they're doing. It's a super fun time. It doesn't, to me, the whole like, uh, watching other people play video games like Twitch culture doesn't totally make sense to me, but games done quick, it like defies that and is cool in and of itself. There's already been a couple of world records broken this year. One of them, I think, was for Battletoads that just totally destroyed I saw the this previous guy, yeah. record. And it's always fun when they like accidentally do it because when they're doing streams like live streams for charity, they expect to not do like right. their best. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun when they accidentally break a world record. And you'll always get, there's like awful games done quick is a a section they have every time. You get some cool ones, like two people on one controller. Mm -hmm. Um, And this uh, summer games done quick is all the money raised goes to Doctors Without Borders. So it's a really good cause. You can check it out, like Patrick said, on Twitch or uh, on gamesdonequick.com. Where you can also donate. And then finally, today, July 4th at 7 p.m. Pacific time, original Star Fox programmers Dylan Cuthbert and Giles Goddard, are, who are now with Q Games, are going to be live streaming Star Fox on Q Games' Twitch channel. Uh, that's Q Games TV on Twitch. That should be really cool. So they're, they're streaming the original Star Fox? They're streaming the original Star Fox. And talking about and it? And going to be talking about it. Um. I assume they will also mention Star Fox 2. Probably, although they were completely taken by surprise that Star Fox 2 was being released. They had no idea. But Dylan Cuthbert, at least, has been super cool about it. And yeah. is just like excited to see the game finally coming out into the wild. Again, this is a game that was done for all intents and purposes. Maybe not even that, just done. Was done, literally done, um, and never released. Uh, and now it's seeing the light of day because of this uh, little system. And I... I don't know. I, I, I'm so excited to hear like more about why it was shelved and like the process of that game coming about as we get closer and closer to its release on the uh, 
Super NES Classic Edition. There we go. Mark, let's get out of the news. That's going to do it for this news-centric episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We will be back on Thursday, where we're going to be discussing the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC, the Master Trials, etc. All of that good stuff. So come back on Thursday for that. Um, also, you know, make sure you get some good time in on it because Mark and I are going to go deep on it. All, all spoilers all the time. No, no, I mean, not real spoilers. This is not story stuff, right? Uh, please check us out on Twitter. We are at Nincart Society. Also, we're on Instagram right now at Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, uh, ditto the Facebook page, which is, again, just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, we'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Check out other podcasts on the What's Creative Podcast Network. Let us know what you think about this new format. Oh, yeah. We're splitting uh, it up. Yeah. Having news on Tuesday, features on Thursday. So far, the things I've heard have been positive, but mm-hmm. we're looking to solicit as many opinions as possible. So I only us up. I only end up listening to people who say positive things to me. <laughs> I always end up running away and screaming. <laughs> Uh, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our comic book reviews and discussions on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out his music on apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, we'll get to that first fight in Dragon Quest Seven at some point. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Network.